Like they said at the end of this, BSO is going to stand for Bronnie Sports Online. <laughs> I saw Kiana t- tweet that, can we all just block and report BSO and kind of be done with it? And, and and what I don't understand is, like, after the first incident, the man was clearly being out of for sexually harassing women. People still rock with them. Like, I don't I don't get it. Like, there's other outlets to get news. And unfortunately, it has to be a black man. Yo, what's good? It's your boy, South Breeze 706. This is KTSCF pod episode 32. Yes, uh, 31 hasn't been released yet, but they will probably come out simultaneously because I'm lazy and don't feel like editing. Oh, we got Marcus Sniffles and special guest, the uh, second favorite child of Augusta, Georgia, uh, Keanu. What's going on? But, um, I don't, I mean, you can keep saying second, but that doesn't make it true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It, it absolutely is true though. Like you, yeah. I mean, actually, technically third because James Brown is number one. I'm number two, so you're you're slotted down a notch. Oh. I'd say you could be like the first lady of Augusta, yeah, but like in the overall rank tier system, you're you're at number three. So okay, well, I'll I'll take it either way. Yeah, I think the true. rest of us know the truth, but is this <laughs> your so I can't tell you what to do. <laughs> Look, you don't you don't know the original Zaxby's uh, chicken theme song, so I don't. I know, and I don't think it exists either. I, it does exist. I, I it was drilled into my head as a as a young child, and as I remember it today, it is extremely offensive and problematic. So I believe it though. Zaxby's does have a little little tinge, little tinge, yeah, of I, <laughs> a little tinge antebellum in the sauce. <laughs> no, see, but it was not offensive like in a slavery way. It was offensive to like Caribbean people. Aw, yeah. It, it was uh, extremely problematic. Oh, look here! Look, look who we got here, Mr. Mr. Well, okay, Mr. Yep. Savage is not in the building. Work hard, Peter. Is Mr. Savage in the building? This man has a, a bandaid on his face, like Nelly. Okay? Nelly can't hear him, but we will continue to uh, press on until he gets his. It's like, audio a or like a bad, like a, a dad that just kind of leaves, and then you get to talk to him like once a year, and like, oh god, hella terrible reception. Like, <laughs> I call you back. I'll call you right back. <laughs> yeah, you don't ever call back. You don't talk to him till next Christmas. <laughs> Live from the bando, Wonder Bread Woman. So, as we start, uh, last night on Twitter, I guess uh, your man's uh, Mister Latow had got into it. Yet again, with another one of his uh, great stories, if you don't know, we're talking about uh, uh, Mr. BSO, uh, you know, full disclosure, I used to, to to work with them people over there. You know, I got out before I got hot. You know, it is what it is. But um, if you check out episode, I believe five, we did one called Surviving BSO, just talking about myself and other people's experiences. And the reason why we should have got him out the paint in the first place which again, we've said in this podcast, you've listened to the committee podcast for years that nobody gets canceled. Like literally nobody gets canceled. So this man was allegedly, well, not even allegedly, he was sexually harassing women in his camp, his writers, making sexually suggestive comments, trying to do the whole like, hey, come out to this game. I can get you a hotel room, get your credentials, you know, trying, trying to finesse his way into the panty drawers. But yeah, he was pretty much exposed for that. Uh, got dropped from tmz this man literally tweeted through all of this if you recall he changed his avi to his logo took his name off of it if i'm not correct tweeted through it gained more followers and is right back at it so now the latest 
the latest foolishness that might be his ultimate uh, undoing with this whole situation is there was a picture of Mrs. Future, a.k.a. Scotty Pippen's estranged wife, ex-wife, baby mama, I don't know. And uh, a young Bronny James liked one of her photos. So somehow this turned into him and her exchanging DMs. So Bronny James is a minor, which is problematic. I don't know how old uh, Miss Pippen is. I'm sure she's in her late 30s or 40s. She's, she's 46. Oh, my God. So I guess he published a story saying that she was in his DMs. They were exchanging DMs, which set Twitter aflame. Uh, getting a response from his mother, which is telling a lot that this this might be a wrap. Like they said at the end of this, BSO is going to stand for Bronny Sports Online. <laughs> I saw Kiana tweet that can we all just block and report BSO and kind of be done with it. And 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 what I don't understand is like after the first incident, the man was clearly being out of for sexually harassing women. People still rock with them. Like I don't I don't get it. Like there's other outlets to get news, and unfortunately, it has to be a black man doing this stuff. We I, I kind of do want to support black ventures because we don't really have like footholds and spaces like these. But when you do have like a platform like that and you have that type of power and influence and you abuse it in that way and you're not responsible with what you're doing and putting out there, then you got to kind of reap the, the consequences of your actions. So just real quick, I was curious in your thoughts on uh, Mr. Littell wiling once again. And if you think this will be the, the death blow for BSO. Um, no to death blow because people like Miss and people like um, other people's business. So as long as there's a market for other people's business, he should be okay. Um, but I wish it was. I wish it was, and it's not even BSO specific. I wish it was the end for like the shade room and media takeout and all of these like weird websites that thrive on like partial information and other people's business. So do I think this will be the end for them? No. I think this is probably exactly what they wanted, honestly, to get Savannah James to to end her, uh, take a, a pause from her life as LeBron James's wife and, and the luxury and, and beauty of being Savannah James and tell them, you know, what's really going on. Like that just drives traffic to their accounts. So I don't know, this is probably exactly what they want. They want and they'll do something else stupid before, you know, the end of March in 2021. Yeah, this is all, this is all clickbait. Uh, I guess it's, a, it's one of those, you know, there's no such thing as bad publicity because when you have uh, Savannah James responding to what you put out, when you have uh, Larissa Pippen responding to, to your story, you have LeBron James responding to your story, you have Bronny James responding to your story. That's, you know, LeBron has over like 70 million followers on Instagram. I don't know how many followers uh, Savannah has. I know Bronny has a lot of followers. I'm sure Larissa has a pretty big following. So you have all those people that may not have known about BSO and now they do. So now they're going to his website to see what did he say? Why is this a thing? Why are they so angry? So now he's getting that traffic to say he's going to get, you know, canceled again, quote unquote, is, is probably not going to happen because we've been saying it for years. Nobody gets canceled except for Daniel Caesar. And uh, yeah, he's just he's just going to tweet through it. Um, if if <laughs> if the James decide to sue this man for for saying this stuff, then he's going to be in big trouble. But I don't know if they're going to, you know, 
take time out of their day to, to worry about that. I don't know who Robert Littles is or Dr. Doolittle, Stuart Little, whatever his bitch ass name is. I blocked him the last time that everybody was supposed to cancel him because I'm a real nigga. When I say I'm a cancel you, I cancel you. I stick by my word. I don't know what's wrong with the rest of you niggas. Like, I just, there's no excuse. Block the dude, get rid of him. Don't click on his site. Who cares? Like, I don't know who Larissa Pippen is. I assume she's some sort of a Spaniard or something like that, a Spanish hoe, Spanish fly. Spanish why? Wow. I don't know. Um, but, you know, if you're talking mess about a kid and I guess some sort of weird relationship, you don't have all the facts. It's, you're just doing stuff for clickbait. Um, I kind of feel like he's a disgrace to black culture. It shouldn't even be called black sports online. Uh, South Reese should be should feel ashamed of himself for even being a slave to this man at one point. It just okay. Kinda, oh, wait, hold up. <laughs> Every, everybody, it was a, it seemed at the time like opportunity, just like the, yeah, it was a great was, opportunity. But yeah. Like, obviously like really, <laughs> well, yeah, just like the women, you're not going to say the women should feel way about it for the, that they got sucked into mm -hmm. it. Like, again, it was presented as an opportunity to, to do something that was pretty cool. You know what I'm saying? Like I got text messages saying like, Hey, if you ever move to Atlanta, I can get you credentials to the Falcons game. Like, that's kind of cool from just somebody on yeah, Twitter. He probably wanted a blowjob, but yeah. Oh wow! So I'm just saying he looks problematic. Like but I'm just saying, like it, it is what it is. It. I didn't do nothing wild. I wasn't problematic. I was just out here trying to get a look. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I feel you. For that, man. Good job. Yeah, I mean, I, you are. I just, I, I, I just <laughs> think it's, uh, especially in today's day and age with social media and just 24/7 news cycle. I'm just more of like on the side and I, I've heard this take before, but I'm leaning towards the whole, like, don't, don't cover kids. Don't cover kids like they're professionals. Like I remember, I think it was two, two or three weeks ago, the, the Florida Gators lost a big game because one of the players threw a shoe and it pretty like that pretty much cost them the game. And there's, I, I, I didn't follow up on it because I don't follow college football like that. But I know that kid was getting like just hounded on Twitter. I'm sure like their radio stations in Gainesville were getting on him. I'm sure the podcast of Florida Gator Nation were getting on him. And you got to think this is the SEC, Southern football fans, and they take that shit super seriously. And I'm sure that kid was not enjoying his week having to deal with all that outside stuff. And it just doesn't it doesn't seem fair to me that someone has to deal with that. Understand? I'm not I'm not making excuses for what he did on the field. The play he did was stupid. But I feel like the the repercussions that he received far outweigh anything that should be placed on a kid who is not getting paid. And that feels – I feel the same way about Bronny. Yes, Bronny is LeBron's kid. Yes, he's a, a highly touted high school player. But we should not – He, I feel like he should not be the cover of your quote-unquote news story as a minor, especially a story like this insinuating that he is trying to uh, – have some sort of relation with this older woman like and he's obviously saying like hey that's my best friend's mom i just like the picture it is what it is like he's clearly denying it but there's a lot of insinuation about hey is this grown woman trying to rape this kid because that's what it would be because of the age difference and because he's a minor so now you have him dealing with this you have as a, as parents like if i was lebron and, and savannah i'd probably sue just to, just so they can leave my kid out of this like there's no reason for you to be covering my kid like this. He's a kid. Like leave my kid out of this. 
cover cover the adults. Leave the kids alone. And I know it's hard to do with social media, podcasts, all this stuff, but yeah, I just don't I wouldn't feel comfortable about that. Yep. So if you're a listener to this podcast, you follow us on Twitter, you know, do the right thing. You know, I, I get it. We don't have to we, we want to try to support everything that's black, but you know what? We can uh we can kick this one to the curb. So uh, uh join the the KTSDF a boycott block and report BSO. Get this dude out the paint. As you should, if you haven't already. I know the homie from uh, Kids Wear Crowns, Ryan, he's been at their neck. I know Nas shot the Nas. Self-control, he's been at their neck. I believe Tribbles has been at their neck. So, you know what I'm saying? Just ride the wave, man. Get them out of here. So Should but. be, because all he wants is your clicks anyway. You know what I'm saying? He don't give a shit about black sports. He's about you know, the black dollars. That's well, that, that, but that, see, I, I somewhat agree and disagree with that. Like, I feel like these types of stories he needs to stay away from. Like th- these are like the TMZ shave room media takeout type stuff that is yeah, just trash. I mean, he did it good like three or four years ago. His content was a lot better, but it's like he's seen an and this is just an observation from me, a person who used to follow him. He's seen an opportunity to have a sports version of that stuff, and that's yeah. what he wants to do. And I just feel like if you want to do that, create something separate, like. You know, I, what made me follow him, I thought he and I followed him before South Breeze even started working for the man. And I was like, wow, you know, it was like when everything was kind of going on a few years ago, uh, a little bit after the Trayvon Martin. I don't know. They they kill black people so rapidly. Sometimes you kind of get lost at when exactly when it happened. But it was around maybe 2016 ish. I follow him because I liked his message. I, I was like, wow, you know, this dude, he's really trying to do something different, give us like a different outlook on things from a black perspective. Then it was like two years later, it's just trash like everything else. Like, he doesn't give a fuck about black people. He cares about our black dollars. That's it. I, w- I was going to say the thing that he, the lane that he should, that he has taken, that he should stay in is covering stories like what's going on in with the Denver Broncos. Like, their head coach, he's going into his third year, and they're saying, like, hey, even though he has a losing record, we still have confidence in him going forward. Now, the previous head coach before that, who happens to be black, Man, had, had had a somewhat be- had a losing record, but it was somewhat better than the current coach. He got fired after two years. The same thing happened with the Lions. The Lions had uh, Jim Caldwell. He had he, the Lions had never been better at any point. Until they got under Jim Caldwell, uh, Todd fired him. Well, was let go real fast. Uh, Anthony the, Lynn, it seems like he's going to be let go this time. year. It happens all the time. Cover stuff like that. Like, why are you covering trash TV stuff? You know what I'm saying? Like, this ain't well, Real Housewives. Like, come on, dude. So he he used to have a podcast back in the day, and I listened to it, and he he pretty much outlines what his his purpose is. Like he said that he pretty much outside of the stuff that we want to hear about, like the sports and the social issues, he said that he goes for lowest, lowest, uh, denom- lowest common denominator stories or pretty much he goes after the clickbait, the stuff that stupid people, ignorant people want to see because he knows whether it's trash or not, people are raccoons. They're going to dig right into it. They're going to click it. Them clicks, them clicks end up being dollar signs. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's all it is. The lowest common denominator st- lowest common denominator type of content the bottom of the barrel trash and he's he's open about that he isn't hiding it 
So I guess his mindset is like, if TMZ can do it and make money, then, you know, I can get a piece of that pie too. But it's kind of bad when you're, you're kind of, to some people, recognized as one of the black voices, as if black people don't have it hard enough out here, and you're out here fucking up. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's kind of the put a button on that. But also, too, just with the, the social justice stuff, man, it's kind of weird with that because I feel like it's hard to figure out if somebody's actually being genuine about that type of stuff. Like I saw a video on YouTube today about this white dude talking about, hey, what if I was black at the gun range, something like that. I think it's good to get the message out there, but are you just using that to get the views of black people? You know what I'm saying? Do you really care or do you want the views? So that's kind of how I look at that. But yeah, definitely a block report. Get him out the paint. Uh, moving on from that. Do we want to go Wonder Woman 1984 or go music first? We can go music first. I feel like okay. that's going to be, I don't feel like there's going to be any uh, back and forth uh disagreements on that <laughs> okay so we'll, we'll start out with uh 2020 is coming to an end thank god hopefully 2021 has more flourish to it but a decent amount of albums come out albums come out at a, a dizzying pace in this era but we're gonna kind of go through what our top five albums were for me and mr savage i don't know if uh kiana has any but i'm just doing rap Marcus want to do R&B. Honestly, according to my phone, the only R&B I listened to was Prince. So I, I did listen to Kehlani's album, but that was a long time ago. But outside of that, I don't think I listened to a single R&B album just going through my phone. The Dream, Sex Tape 4, but that was also seems like it came out a extremely long time ago. So uh, we'll start out with uh, we'll start out with Marcus. What, what are your top fives? Okay, well, I did top five just albums in general. I didn't uh, keep it to rap. I added R&B in there because I felt like the R&B albums that I liked were really, really strong this year. Um, I think the, I didn't put them in any kind of order, but uh, I feel like, I don't know, I've been saying it all year, uh, The Allegory by Royce to Five Nine is the best rap album to come out this year. Every time a new album comes out that is in consideration for that, I go back and I listen to the allegory and I'm like, you know what? Allegory is still better lyrically, production wise, content wise, everything that you would want from a rap album. I feel like uh, Royce has that. Um, I also have uh, Amuse and Her Feelings by Division. Uh, it's an RB album. It was not nominated for a Grammy, which is pretty ridiculous. It's like you're on the Grammy committee. Your job is to listen to music and I don't know how you listen to this. There's a, there's like a little, there's a middle portion of this album. It's like from song, I think six to like song 11, where it's just like, it's almost like one sound for these, you know, four different songs. And it's like, it's the best section of music that I've heard this year. As far as like sequencing, uh, music, lyrics, all that stuff. The best thing that I've heard in 2020. So I put that at the top for best R&B albums. Uh, number three, I would put uh, Pray for Paris by West Side Gun from Griselda. I know that he's not the best rapper in Griselda. He's obviously the third best behind Conway and Benny. But his features and production are way better than what uh, Conway is doing and what, what Benny is doing, I think. I think 
like they're better rappers, but he's just a better artist to me. Like if I had to put my money behind one of them, it would be Westside. Uh, the next next album I put is obviously uh, Alfredo by Alfredo by Freddie Gibbs. Yes, check out like, the merch. Got the Alfredo shirt. That kind of tells you where my my uh, <laughs> one of my choices will be. So yeah, he put out. He's, he's having a he's having a great year. Uh, also, so he would be in my top five. My last one is going to be Painted by Lucky Day. One of the more uh, refreshing new R&B acts from uh, New Orleans or Louisiana. Great singer. The album sounds um, like R&B is supposed to sound. It doesn't have that much like, you know, 808 trap sound to it. It's There's real instrumentation behind it. There's some feeling to it. There's some soul from it. a lot of people from Louisiana have that. They have that thing that you can't really put a put a finger on. But it's like when you hear it. You, you know that's what it is when you see him perform live it's the same thing he's an actually a really good singer and uh, i really enjoy his project i always go back to it and i think he's going to be uh, a, a big name i feel like he would have been bigger this year if he was able to tour this album but i i think he's like one of those up next kind of uh artists so that those are my top five I feel like my top five is pretty much also almost all R&B. Um, I don't know if I've listened to a ton of full projects this year, but the ones I can remember, um, Visions of Bodies Being Burned by Clipping was really good, front to back. I still listen to that. It just came out in October. Um, but it's really good album. If you like noise rap, you probably don't, but it's really good <laughs> despite that. Um, Oh, I was just looking. Hold on. Um, let's see. I also listened to um, Luke James had an album this year called To Be Loved or something like that. To Be, To Feel Loved. That was a really good, short, like digestible R&B album. Uh, Chloe and Halle's Ungodly Hour was amazing this year. Um, let's see. That was, I have lost track of everything I was saying. <laughs> um, who else had an album while you're thinking the only gripe I had about the ungodly hour was like I could you could tell it was written by like an older woman yeah like just some of the content I'm like yo y'all are like 20 21 22 ish like y'all out here keying cars and burning houses like yo y'all are that like jaded already so I was like that's the only thing that kind of threw me off I was like it's, it's that's the Beyonce cool. influence <laughs> I, I yeah like, fair enough fair enough but yeah, so Visions of Bodies Being Burned by Clipping, Ungodly Hour, Chloe and Halle, um, Luke James, To Feel Love slash Love, Duran Bernard, I don't know if you guys know who he is, but um, he had an album this year that's really good. He has a song called Stuck with Ari Lennox, amazing song. I listen to it like 10 times a day. And then Gibeon, who's like not super new, um, but he's new enough to like, he's now getting into the public consciousness and he had a pretty good, like short digestible album this year, so. Okay. Top five, I think. Yeah. Um, I I will go. So, I had a a tough time on my list because I've listened to a, quite a few albums, but really only a few stuck out with me. Uh, to include some some newcomers to break my top five. Um, I know real quick while we're doing this, I know that uh, Beat Out released top five, and he only included albums. He didn't include like uh, EPs or anything like that, and. I kind of see what he was doing with that list, but I feel like as I guess one of the uh, tastemakers or gatekeepers in the game, I, I think it's a bit egregious that 
he did that, maybe not intentionally, but that kind of left off some great female artists, up and coming female artists. And, and people take his word and people like that's word for gospel. So I think that kind of hurt the movement of getting female rappers out there. So, but I mean, it is what it is. This list is pretty good for the most part. I didn't agree with the big Sean Detroit 2 album. That was one of his top five. But the oh, rest yeah. of it's not yeah. it's it was good. I don't think it's top five. Though. Yeah, yeah. I think he had oh, so he had like uh Big Sean, Nas, most of Griselda, and then uh Stove God Cooks, which is uh, a newer artist. So but with me, my top five, and I'm just putting out music in general. I'm gonna go with Flo Millie, Why Is You Here, No Order, uh Freddie Gibbs, Alfredo. A uh, little Uzi Vert, Eternal Take, and uh, I'm gonna say Allegory, but the only gripe I have with it and with any albums going forward, I've said this before: if your album is more than like 45 to 50 minutes long, I'm, I'm automatically docking points. Like the Allegory to me was a bit too long. Um, I kind of prefer the Book of Ryan better, I guess, from a storytelling perspective and song wise like i ran a bunch of tracks on that when it came out even prime was a great album as well the first one not the second one but i i I throw that on there and and my final take off the beat i list would be uh aaron cook aka stove god cooks reasonable drought i am i am obsessed with this stove god cooks y'all need to listen to this shit i was on youtube trying to look him up i'm like damn this dude is like he's not to be found but again he used he originally went by the name aaron cooks he's been on sway in the morning he's done some freestyles he's been on vlad dude is super talented from syracuse new york the the thing that caught me caught my attention is that reasonable drought you could tell there's a lot of influence from pusher t it's pretty much like cocaine rap if you like cocaine rap this is this is for you but it's like pusher t influence with with a different twist i feel like there's some elements of drake in there i feel like there's some elements of uh, maybe a little bit of ghost face in there but it's really unique and the production by rock marciano it, it's excellent like it's kind of like if you had a variant of Pusher T with some melodic harmonies over like reasonable doubt beats, like the top tier reasonable doubt beats. It is, it is excellent. It's pretty concise. It's not super long, but man, he paints great pictures about selling cocaine. Like I, I love a good cocaine bar. Like this man said he wrote the cocaine Quran. I was like, Oh shit. Like this shit is excellent. Definitely check out cocaine or stove God cooks. Uh, the tracks that I, my favorite track in there is called uh, uh, Pyrex or Break the Pyrex. So, yes, definitely check that out. But yeah, definitely a Flo Millie was probably my second one. I, I ran that shit. And again, it was concise, but that Flo Millie goes hard, man. Like, I love it. I, I want to see her do collaborations with bigger artists, such as like Megan Thee Stallion or Cardi B, just to get her name out there, man. Like, she's extremely talented. She's from Alabama. I would like to see her get better production. We talked about this before, but she definitely did her thing. I was a bit late to the Griselda train, and I think the reason being is because, like, their camp puts out a lot of music. And I'm just like, yo, dog, like, can all of this be good? The answer is yes. All of it is good. So <laughs> all, all of the mention for me would be anything from Griselda, whether it be Conway, 
West Side Gun. I like West Side Gun. He kind of reminds me a little bit of his flow of like Ghostface Killer a little bit in a weird way. But his voice is extremely unique. So that's one of the, the selling points for him. So honorable mention for my honorary spots is going to be anything from Griselda. So, yes, check out Break the Pyrex. Don't got cooks. Break the Pyrex. That shit is hard. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely uh, check that out. I, I just, I, I hate to like, I'm not trying to bash the dude's list because like people, it's it's his list. He he made it very clear, like, hey, this is my list. This is my opinion. This is not, you know, set in stone. Like this isn't, you know, gospel. But I just feel like you cannot have a top rappers who had the best 2020 and not have Megan Thee Stallion on it. I just don't know how that's possible. Like. She's been the hottest rapper for the last two years. Well, she had a really good year in 2020. And I, I just don't see it. I don't know. I'd like to ask her. I'm not, and I'm, I'm not saying like, hey, your list is wrong because you didn't have her on there. But I would like to hear why she wasn't added onto that list, why she was left off. I'd, I'd be curious to know. Well, we'll, we'll swoop around back to that. Uh, Mr. Savage, what, what were your top uh, albums of these? Yeah, so I'm going uh, Nas, King, Disease. Um. I will also go with uh, the 21 Savage joint. Um, I'll throw Fredo in there. It, it was it's pretty good. I ain't gonna lie. I like I like Alfredo. Um, no ceilings part one since it was re-released. What? <laughs> um, shout to shout to that boy GA in the chat. It's my list. T is tool to be rapping about cocaine. So what? Hey, okay, man. he's doing it at a high level. I mean, nuts. dog, like, who's that bank that had all that cocaine? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, cocaine is in right now, it's it's in vogue, but continue. Top contract. Okay. Somebody asked me today that I want to do some coke, and I was just floored. You, did, you probably didn't say no, but continue. No, I definitely don't do stuff like that. Like, your Monday, Monday. <laughs> um, so after that, okay, we got Fredo. King's disease, no ceilings. Shit. Uh, damn, I had a list. You threw me off because I had to get the combat with you. Damn, I can't even think of the other two. Like, for me, I'm gonna be honest with you. 2020 was so damn long. Like, yeah, I'm getting mixed up with 2019. So I know I had crash talk on there, but then when I just looked, that shit was from 2019. So I was like, oh yeah. Shit. I was also gonna say Crash Talk, and I was gonna say Hot Pink by Doja Cat, but apparently those came out last year. So, but see, that was so close to the end of last year. I kind of feel like you can include the Doja Cat. Like, I, I'm not sure because wasn't that in December of, of 2019? Let me look. I feel like it was earlier than that. But I'll probably make the Stallion. You know, for for all that she's done, she had a, she had a pretty decent decent album. I ran that a couple times, and um. Well, you're oh, trying to got, add, yo, yo Gotti, the whatever the one trapped or trap two or something. I was gonna say, if you're just gonna add uh albums that have been like re released in 2020, Stank Onya got re released in 2020, so you can put that on your list. I, I didn't really care for that album overall, but you know, wowzers, <sighs> okay, defund, it wasn't defund, all okay, but defund, like, I, I okay, defund, Let's just move on. We don't have to do this. That was yeah. November last year. Okay, I knew it was at the end, but <coughs> that, that says shit. you ain't living if you haven't sniffed some coke off some titties. I mean, about it. Come on, now. come hey, down, man. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag, hashtag clean, so I ain't never did that before. You know? well, we didn't do that. 
I, I wonder if it's easy for like Coke users to get COVID tests. Like, is it easier or oh, hard? It's a breeze. Okay. Yeah. That's why it's right in. That's why it's right in. But, uh, oh, also, uh, honorable mentions only because it, ah, shit. Five is kind of tough, but I'm, I'm trying to push the, the agenda. I'm trying to push the culture. Uh, check out Young Baby Tate after the rain. Oh, that's come an, on. That's another great. Uh, <laughs> that shit is good. Bro, you're getting paid by these <laughs> Yo. Y'all I'm, not saying this, I'm not saying this is bad, but top five, no. I didn't say top five. I said honorable mention. Okay. So it's like six through eight. <laughs> she, she's talented. She's extremely it's not top ten, though. She's talented, though, but all of them mentioned, like, yeah, yeah. Hey, I mean, like, yeah, shout out to Saheli Nuts. Uh, if you're a nut lover like most of the women that tune in to us, uh, these are some definitely some great nuts. Maple, pecans. I know a lot of you come, country niggas love pecans, so I've been really on these. Shout out to the nut butter god. The nut, the nut butter <laughs> god. I yeah, I'd like to be sponsored by John David Washington. Oh, Shout out to the Black Klansman. Oh yeah, you good, know what else? Hamilton came out this year, and I feel like y'all being disrespectful because you niggas ain't got no culture. I watched the I movie again say, last week. I mean, yesterday. So I didn't want to say the Hamilton album was in my Spotify and Apple top ten. So I listened to Hamilton and American Musical. So much this year. I didn't want to say it because the culture here is not fitting to Broadway musicals, but Hamilton was the album. Be cultured. <laughs> Put these niggas on some game. Hamilton full, is the lead. Full disclosure, I've never seen Hamilton. So. Yeah, because it's obviously, you know, when we're going to address this one day, I think Jesus your movie Christ. taste is racist. <laughs> you have a clear prejudice against black people. Like, I have not seen 12 Years a Slave. I've I seen Twelve Years a Slave. I have not. Oh, okay, my bad. I'm a star. I've, I've I've read the book too. Uh, I have the book too, but I'm a star. I'm not, I'm not um, reading that book. Yeah, I'm not reading that book. It's a solid read. It's, the book is way more grotesque than the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Nah, man. Like, I I finally watched Moonlight. You know, it was pretty good. You know, I'm getting there. I'm I'm, I'm making moves. Mm-hmm. So. But nah, man, it's just uh, I make a movie marathon. <laughs> I, you know, I might go buy all the Spike Lee's joints. I watched. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, have you seen uh, side side topic? Have you seen uh, she's got to have it, the original? Yes. No. Go watch. I think if that. you're a part oh, of the yeah, black culture, in there that was not necessary. Spike Lee, at the, like at, at the end. Yes, yeah, he went very insult. I was like, you didn't need that, sir. <laughs> I mean, he came out. He came out swinging with this first film, and like that. Hey, Man, that dude is extremely talented as a as a director. The, but... only, the only issue with Spike Lee that he always has, he has this in just about every movie that he does. He it's always too long. There's always one extra scene that didn't need to be in there. It's like, why did you put that? You could have just cut it right here and been straight. But then he always has that one extra scene. So, I, nah, I mean, I don't think Do the Right Thing had any wasted scenes. But Do the Right Thing it? is different. That's a different level of movie. That's oh, like that, but that was his timer. Yeah, but that was his. Third movie, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I gotta go back and look at it. But yeah, I conceptually, I was like, damn, this movie is really like kind of relevant to where we are now, as far as like with uh, women empowerment and stuff like that, and kind of how, uh, as uh, Flo Millie would say, uh, these weak. That's what she, <laughs> she would say because they they clearly cannot handle 
the the nature of the arrangement that they all agreed to. Um, so yeah, that was it was pretty funny. So shout out to her. But smooth transition to women empowerment and movies, right? Hey. Bam. There we go. If you want to sponsor us for these smooth transitions, I can slide in. Who just texted me from? Oh, the homie. But yeah, um, smooth transition. Wonder Woman 1984 was released on HBO Max. Shout out to the account that I don't own that I use to watch it. Um, it's gotten a lot of mixed reviews. I'm going to be honest. Um I don't know if people generally hate this movie or that they just hate women. Um, I'm very confused. I posted a poll on purpose, uh, juxtaposing it with other well-hated movies in the MCU. Uh, one of the polls I had was, which movie was better? Wonder Woman 1984, Iron Man 1, or Iron Man 2? And I believe inexplicably iron man 3 won that post don't know how don't know why i'm still mad that i had to pay to watch that foolishness probably one of the worst movies i've ever seen in my life a huge miss from marvel which they rarely do but yeah man people picked that one uh 39 percent one woman 1984 came in last and the next poll i did was which movie was better one woman 1984 captain marvel or thor 2 Captain Marvel won 50%. Now, nobody liked Captain Marvel, according to the internet. But now, you put it against Wonder Woman 1984, and it's like the best thing since life spread. Like, how does... How does... Ugh, yeah. This is, ins- this is insanity. Like, it's not the greatest movie, Wonder Woman, but it's not... It's not worse than Thor 2. You know what I'm saying? I don't think it's worse than Iron Man 3. You know what I'm saying? Like... Are, are people just going out of the way to hate this movie? Is it one of those things where you uh, don't lose from the luster because it's not in theaters? Or is it just a generally a, a bad movie? Well, I'll, I'll say this first before we really get into this. This is the part I hate about, like, comic book Twitter, uh, comic book movie Twitter. Like, when there's a comic book movie that stars a has a female lead, they tend to go super hard on it, like as far as the criticism. And if they don't like it, they continue to let you know that they don't like it forever. They go super hard on it as far as the criticism goes to where it becomes a thing where Captain Marvel starts trending for no reason. That movie came out three years ago. Why are we bashing Captain Marvel again? And it's just like, we don't do that with any other bad movies. Like we don't do that with Thor 2. We don't do that with Guardians of the Galaxy 2. We don't do it with the uh, uh, Batman versus Superman. Like we say it's bad, but we don't go super hard on it. It like, wasn't that bad. But... It's just a thing where these these comic book people are just like, it's just like, do you guys not like women? Like, is that what it is? Because the movie, we'll discuss what the movie was and wasn't. But for you to be going that hard all day long about this movie, it just seems like you're doing too much. You're doing too much, guys. Like. Just calm down. We get it. I mean, at, at the very least, you got to look at Gal Gadot for an hour and a half. Like, that's to me, that's a win. Like, she's a, a very beautiful woman. Like, 
I, I could take that as a win. That that got me. Wow, the movie's that bad. You just got to chug the bottle, Rev. That's that's. <laughs> she was like, "Yo, now nah, we ain't gonna let this ride." But yeah, I. So we'll let Rev go, being that she's the, the the woman, our newbie, and holding down the podcast. Unless we get her perspective on the film. Go ahead on your takes on Wonder Woman 1984. So. I think that this is a movie that did not benefit from not having a theater run. Because watching it at home gives you too much time to be distracted by other things. And this movie requires, like it needed a cinematic environment. That The opening scene of Wonder Woman where they're doing this like cool pan shot of this whole area, that needs like IMAX. Because that that brings you into the movie and kind of sets you into the world. Without that, I was wholly uninterested after young Diana was gone. Um, I don't think it's an awful movie. I would give it, you know, a solid six and a half, six. Um, I think it's a movie I would probably rewatch if I saw it on TV or if I was bored. I would go back to HBO Max and watch it again. Um, but I think I would have enjoyed the movie a lot more had I spent money to go see it in theaters and had to sit in a dark room with an IMAX screen and popcorn in my lap and give this movie my full attention. Because without it, it's just the writing wasn't super strong. Um, so the direction was kind of weird. We didn't I didn't feel like we had an actual villain. I would have liked to see more of Cheetah versus, um, you know, the, the other guy whose name I can't remember, um, which is in itself a terrible thing. And then I have a personal issue with female superheroes that are either hyper-feminine or reject femininity as, as a whole. And I feel like Diana is hyper-feminine. Like she is dead set on having this man. She fights crime in wedges. Um, when she's not in wedges, she only wears heels and she's super beautiful. Like, I don't, it just, it's either you get, Diana, you get Wonder Woman or you get Captain Marvel who's in leather jackets and she's like belching and, you know, a little bit slouchy. It's like we don't get a true balance of a woman in these lead roles. Um, so that's my one problem with like the female superhero genre in general. But like Marcus said, people are going to say how much they hated this movie, and, you know, till the end of time. Also, I have a personal issue, not personal, but here we go. Gal is beautiful. I think she's so beautiful. And here we go. she is Wonder Woman. Her acting was not good. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, there's a scene where she's arguing with Steve, and she's supposed to be angry and kind of broken up at the fact that she has to recount, the, like, recant this this wish she had. I'm trying not to spoil it, but she's trying to recant this wish, and it just was not reading as somebody who's like really battling themselves with a the decision. She was just saying the words from the paper. And I'm just like, I don't feel emotionally connected to this decision. I'm like out of the movie now. I could care less what you do with each other from this point forward. So I think she's very beautiful. I think that she is probably good in other things. I do not think she was good as Wonder Woman this time around. I hope whatever uh, book that she learned to act from or YouTube video or soap opera, I hope that she puts it down and she goes to take real classes. And the movie just was not very good in my opinion. It wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen, but I wasn't really paying attention. I was thinking about separating the colors from the whites as far as my clothes, kind of like how I do with my niggas. And it just, it just didn't grab my attention. Like I just, 
I don't know. I don't think it like I'm not the type that's brainwashed by by anybody or their own opinions. I formulate my own. And it was like just watching the movie. I was like, okay, this is decent. Like it's not great, but it's not as terrible as some people say. I do feel like you have some people that are going to be DC defenders, and you have some that are DC Avengers. Like I mean, I you know they're going to try to attack DC. So I don't think it was as bad as some of those terrible movies that you named: Iron Man three, Thor two. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And Frank, I think it's on the lines of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, where it's like that movie's not bad, but it's not as good as yes, the first it is. one. I give it a, it's another, you know, six and a half, six, maybe even a seven, because the colors it's are average. average. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is not terrible. It's not as good I've as I've never watched that shit again. I'm never watching this Wonder Woman again. Like I think the problem with Wonder Woman, unfortunately, is it's set in 1984. And 19, the 80s in general are very cheesy on television and film. And I think they leaned very hard into the cheesiness. Oh, wow. 90s baby saying that. I'm not. No. The 1980s as a decade, I'm sure, was dope. I wasn't here. I'm not that old. I'm saying that on television, it's very much saved by the bell for 90 minutes. <laughs> and I don't think that's interesting. Well, I, if you go, so I was doing some some YouTube research, and they said that was kind of what they were going for. That they were intentionally being like corny to go with the whole nineteen eighties tropes or whatever. They they leaned into it early, I guess, but then they kind of went away from it. But even like the the whole mall scene, the people overacting, like winking at the girl, and she's like, oh. I thought that was a, I thought that was a bit much though. So, like, yeah, the but they, whole... they said they were doing it on purpose though. And then like there's a lot of nods like the original Superman movie, I guess, with, yeah. with some of the some of the cinematography and stuff like that. So they said they were. I the thing is the average moviegoer doesn't care about that stuff. Like to me, knowing that's what they were trying to do, I'm like, okay, so this makes more sense. But the common common moviegoer doesn't care that you're doing all these nods and Easter eggs and callbacks to older movies when it's not like blatantly obvious. Like I've never seen the original Superman movies. I don't care. I'm never going to, you know what I'm saying? Like, give me a good film. What was the purpose of this movie? I said this in our group chat. We are conditioned and spoiled by Marvel to have movies that build to something like this as a standalone movie. Like what was the purpose? What was the bigger picture? Like you said, the villain, the villains weren't great. At the end, I, I they only, dis, no, no, no. The acting was great. The Mandalorian dude was really good. Uh, Pedro Pascal, he was excellent. But did they go to jail? Were there any repercussions? Like he found his, he yeah. found his kid, just like went back to the crib and started living his scumbag life. Uh, Barbara, she just like, did she recount her wish? Did she not? We're not sure. But it's just like that. What was the what was the point of this movie? Yeah, like what did we what did what was it like what did we get out of this like how did how did how did I guess Diana uh, evolve as a character? Well, uh, I guess I think I think her personal like arc as a character is like finally moving on from um, Steve, the guy that her her boyfriend from the first movie, and that was honestly that was my biggest complaint about the original Wonder Woman, the first one was that she was unable to really tap into what she wanted to do and what her actual power was until this guy died. Like she hadn't really known him that long. You know, it, it kind of felt a little bit like cliche, like, oh, you know, the woman superhero finds the first man that she's ever met and falls in love with him. It's just kind of like, 
Why be shooting could, from the Amazon? There wasn't a lot of dudes out there. You know what I'm okay, saying? I, like, I, I mean, I get that, but it's just like you know, like you were you, you were unable to unlock your full potential until this guy died. Like that would like it's almost like he's the reason why you took that next step. And I kind of felt like they could have gone a different. I thought they were going to go a different direction with you know the first uh, female led movie for DC. Like, don't do the cliche thing again. And and I felt like they kind of did the same thing by bringing him back. Like when I saw the trailer, I was like, they're bringing this dude back again. We're going to be handcuffed with these two again. She can't be a hero without. And that and that was one of the, the things that I liked about Captain Marvel was it, say what you want about that movie. But she wasn't connected to a love interest. She didn't need a love interest to gain her full abilities and strength and to be the, a better hero. She didn't need that. Uh, that push that Wonder Woman has needed in both of these movies, mm-hmm. like for her to, you know, the gang to get that strength back to fight uh, the the cheetah lady, she needed to, you know, profess how much she loved this guy by, at spoiler alert, by letting this guy go, and saying like, hey, I I'm letting you go, we're done, and that was that's how she became like now she's back now she's back to being who she was, and it's like. All right, so like, can and my, my I guess my question is because they're already talking about doing a third one. Can you do a Wonder Woman movie without her being tied to a man? Like, can she do this on her own? Not saying can she carry a movie. I'm talking about as a story, mm-hmm. as a character development, as a character evolves. Can she do these things? Can she take that next step as a hero without something involving a love interest? And that's what I, I would like to know. see. That's one of my least favorite things about a lot of women, women-led or women-involved films in general is that women are often not given the opportunity to have compelling storylines that don't involve a male suitor or like you know some type of love desire or you know she's you know super rich and really good in her profession, but she's not married. And so we got to watch this whole movie about her going to find love. And it's like, I mean, love is a normal part of people's lives. I'm not, you know, trying to be a curmudgeon and say like, you shouldn't find love, but I hate when that becomes a woman's only motivation on screen. Because are you interesting without it? And it's like, would we care about Diana without Steve? How many times am I going to watch her fall in love with this man? And especially when on separate occasions, it's like taking so much out of her. Like, at what point are we going to move forward with that? Yeah. I mean, there, was, there wasn't there was a single moment, a single moment in Captain Marvel where she had like a look at a guy, flirted with a guy, nothing. There wasn't, they didn't give her any of that, which. You mentioned Captain Marvel getting a lot of dislike and I, I think that a lot of dislike for Captain Marvel is not with Captain Marvel the film or Captain Marvel the character. Well, a little bit of it is Captain Marvel the character. I think a lot of it is Brie Larson the person. People don't like Brie Larson for whatever strange reason. But then Captain Marvel, they don't like it because she was so dead set on being like, eh, I could really care less about a guy. Like, I'm I'm here. And I think a lot of, like, the weird kids on Twitter, and I'm going to call them weird, the strange like 14, or even the, you know, 25 year olds who don't get hugs from their parents. And oh, no, there's grown men, there's grown yeah. men out here acting like that. There's yeah. like 40, 50 year olds being mad about Brie Larson. 
you're a weirdo to be like, oh, well, she's really mean to men. It's like, okay, so like that has nothing to do with this film as a whole. So I think that a lot of the dislike for Captain Marvel comes from that. And I hope that DC can find a way to make Diana slash Wonder Woman compelling where she is not directly involved with a love interest. I'm not saying that she can't find a love interest or that she can't take interest in the man on screen. I'm just saying I hope that DC can find a way to write a story that is compelling where Diana is herself and she is whole and she is powerful on her own without crying over this weird faced man every 10 minutes. It shouldn't be a main plot point. Like it shouldn't be the driving force of the plot. Because I mean, even her villain's plot point was I'm trying to be cute. Like I want to get noticed. And that's where my villain origin story is. I was weird and people didn't pay a lot of attention to me so i wanted this thing i got it and i don't want to let it go it's like well can she be motivated by anything other than being attractive to you know the male gaze i would hope so but obviously not i mean i i I get word from the perspective that you're saying it from but i also understand like from i guess that time period it's also 1984 so like you know i'm not not saying that women weren't as independent as they are now but i mean back then it was like well the goal is to get married and have kids like that's true and and i'm not saying that from experience i'm just saying that's how it was portrayed back then Mm -hmm. so for for the villain to be like oh well i want to be pretty i want to be able to walk in heels it 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 seems shallow right now in 2020 Mm -hmm. seems super shallow but in 1984 that's maybe what women wanted and And that's the problem that i was having where i was like and I had the same issue with Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. It's like, I got to not look at this from 2020 and like look at it from the time period that it was set in. Yeah. So I think I will go back and watch it and try to put on, you know, try to remove the the progressive quote unquote politics of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> and just watch it as a movie set in 1984. And I, I may enjoy it more. So, But it's, it's interesting that you're having as a woman these issues with it being male centric, I guess, being that the director is a woman, Patty Jenkins, who's getting a lot of heat on Twitter. But I mean, the movie she's directed prior to that, which I clearly have never seen in these movies, uh, Just Drive, Velocity Rules, Monster, uh, Wonder that. Woman, Wonder Woman 1984, 2022 be directing a movie called Cleopatra, uh, 2023 Star Wars Rogue Squadron. So, I mean... I'm not familiar, super familiar with Wonder Woman's comic history or whatever, but maybe this is an important plot. I don't know. DC comics are weird, but I guess well, I feel like with, you shouldn't have to have that though. Uh, I've never, I've never read like a Wonder Woman comic ever. I should uh, still yeah. be able to enjoy this movie. Yeah, I also I, have a problem with, uh, and this is not related to any plot points, just aesthetically. The Lasso of Truth looks so goofy in this movie, like. I horrible. It I can't stand it. It it's like, uh, it's it looks like Saturday morning cartoons. Like in this live action world, it looks like I am watching SpongeBob wield the lasso, and I can't stand it. And well, then go ahead. I was gonna say it definitely got more use this movie. Like in the first yeah. one, she didn't really use it that often. She out she actually only used it to get people to tell the truth, and now it's yeah. just like. Now this thing blocks bullets. I'm like, what? <laughs> All right, that's cool. There's also a really big moment, and I promise not to spoil it, but there's a moment that's supposed to be big. And I told my friends it should have been equivalent to Thor coming to Wakanda. 
towards the end and it just was not big and like if you look away again if you're not in a cinema or a theater if you're looking at your phone at any point you're gonna miss it and you're gonna look up and be like whoa whoa when that happened so like oh yeah i actually did miss that part i was like how do we get here and then like why is this shit so trash there's like, there's several moments where it's like I know that this was supposed to be big in the theater, but on my 65 inch at home, I'm not feeling it. And I maybe I need a sound bar or like I mean I, yeah. The more the more I think about it, and I started going back and thinking about the tweets that I saw. A lot of people, and this is probably why it hurt for it to not be in the theaters. Like a lot of people were tweeting while watching the movie, and it's like I feel like people aren't doing that in the theater like i'm yeah. i'm an avid moviegoer i love going to the theater i'm i'm the person that's like when they're like hey turn your phones on silent i'm that person that's like all right let me turn the brightness down let me turn it on silent you know i'm not looking at my phone i'm not checking anything and i made sure to do that i made sure to do that at home also it was a little bit harder i didn't check my phone but i guess some people when they're at home it's just so easy to go to your phone and like you're like you normally do when you're watching tv you check your phone you check twitter and i feel like that takes away from the experience. Like, I'm I'm one of, I'm one of those people. Like, if I'm sitting at home watching a TV show or watching a movie, and someone else is on their phone, I get distracted. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like you should put your phone down while you're watching a movie, unless unless it's like a movie you you know you've seen a million times or that you're rewatching or something like that. But for the first time, you got to put your phone down. And I feel like Wonder Woman kind of uh, got hurt by that by being a uh, a home release. So. I had that issue with Tenet. Um, I watched Tenet at home. Oh, yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, and I was on my phone the whole time, and then I got to the end and was like, what? So I had to watch it again, the whole two and a half hours, and it pained me to watch it again, but I had to put my phone down. And it didn't help me understand the concept more. I'm still a little you know, iffy about the, the timeline of this movie. But it did help me to enjoy the movie more as if I were watching it. So I got to see those big moments and the moments that I'm sure Christopher, Christopher Nolan was like, oh, this is this is the one that's going to hit in the movie theaters. And it makes me wonder about movies that will have home releases um, going forward. Will people look at and rate these movies the same way as they may? Like, will there be a difference between people who bite the bullet and go see it in theaters who say, oh, this movie was really great? versus the people who got to see it at home on their couch um, and scroll through their phones, will there will there continue to be this like divide and set of mixed feelings um, between these home release films? Well, I don't know because uh, not even, they're not in the same like, type of genre, but a lot of people, I saw only positive tweets about Soul, which was also that's a home true. release, so. But that's not a blockbuster movie. I mean, it's a Pixar movie. It's a Disney Pixar movie. Usually, those do numbers. I mean, they do they do numbers, but there's like if you talk about like movies like Tenet, Wonder Woman eighty four, those movies are made for the big screen. Like yeah, there are certain right. scenes, there are certain scenes like in Wonder Woman eighty or WW eighty four that you can look at and be like, all right, that's that's supposed to be an IMAX scene. Mm-hmm. Tenet Tenet is filmed with cameras like IMAX lenses. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it's supposed to be made for, but. The, the idea that you can't enjoy a, a movie at home compared to the theater, there's a movie that came out this year called Extraction with Chris Hemsworth. Came out on Netflix, action movie. I was like, you know what? And this was kind of at the beginning where I was just like, what's up with all these like kind of big name people going to straight to Netflix movies? Like, there's no way this is going to be good because it's on Netflix. 
and I watched it, and I was like, this is a great action movie, and I enjoyed it from the comfort of my own house. And if if, if it was in theaters, I think it would have been more popular. It would have been more talked about because you talk about movies that you paid for in the theater more than movies you saw on Netflix. But the movie was great, and I didn't, and I feel like I didn't lose anything by watching it at home. So I feel like Wonder Woman should kind of, kind of gave me the same thing. I, I enjoyed it while I was in it, but I was in it. I wasn't on my phone. I was in the movie. Yeah, I would just recommend that people try to, and I know it's going to be difficult, but try to replicate the theater experience as much as you can. I think you'll yeah. get a lot more out of the movies that have these home releases, and I think it's better to do it now um then you know you get to june and you haven't seen anything because you you know you haven't taken the time to 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 kind of break yourself from that i'm casually watching the office mindset like take a moment silence your phone as much as you possibly can don't try to watch it while you're working from home which i'm talking to myself i often <laughs> try to watch movies while working from home um but like take a moment and treat yourself to the theater experience like you know turn the lights off get the sound up as much as you can i think you'll You'll find that you enjoy things a lot more when you give them your undivided attention. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, the end credit scene completely unnecessary. Oh, I didn't even watch that. I, yeah, as soon as it was done, I turned it off. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Well I, well, I was gonna say about the uh, the villain or the main uh, antagonist. I didn't. I didn't realize it watching it, but I'm gonna do it next time. If like watch watch what he does and how he acts and pretend like it's the president because that's kind of who he is as a as a character with all his all his flaws and everything like that and I feel like if you want your superhero movie to be great you have to have a great uh, villain like the villain has to be great like if you think about the great uh, comic book movies you have the Joker from the Dark Knight. Thanos from Infinity War, Killmonger from Black Panther, Vulture from Spider-Man, uh, Tony Stark from Civil War. Like those villains make those movies better because they're the they're almost like the main character because they they bring out so much and they their story matters. Like at the end of the day, like the heroes are the heroes. The heroes come from wherever and they're deciding to do good. A lot of the great villains are kind of in that gray area where it's just like we started here and we're trying to do something and we except for the joker we kind of have good intentions but then we take it like one step a little too far like vulture was he was doing like he you felt bad for him like he was trying to do the right thing and then he got screwed and then he's like, you know what? I'm gonna look out for myself. I'm gonna look out for my family, and I'm just gonna do what I gotta do. And then he just took it one step too far. Same thing with Killmonger. Same thing with Thanos. Same thing with Tony Stark. Same thing with all these great villains. It's just like with uh, Max Lord, he had that. Like he all he he had some rough times. He was in the he was at the bottom. He did get screwed over a little bit, but then he was able to turn it around like quickly, like just like that. But then he took it another step and it's like, all right, all right, you, you're, you, you got what you wanted. You, you don't need to go that far, but he just kept taking that step. And especially in 2020, when you look at what's been going on with like the pandemic and people like money ain't stopping nothing. This money train has not stopped in America. Like we don't care what's going on outside. We're gonna go out here and get this money. 
it was kind of like enlightening to be like people right now if they had that ability like if the president got on tv and was like hey whatever you want i'm gonna give it to you people aren't asking for world peace they're not asking to See, end hunger i, I you know. think that I, that was a problem for me. So I'm like, somebody would have wished for world peace. There been at least one monk or something. Like there right, one right one now, person. I feel like, like I feel like, especially Amer- maybe, maybe like across the world, someone would have yeah. done it. But I'm speaking from like an American standpoint. As Americans, I feel like we're inherently selfish people. Okay, and that's the other part of the the climax of that film. Like, bruh. Americans are too selfish to be giving up their wishes, bro. Like that's not gonna happen. Yeah, they're not recanting. I'm not recanting my wish. If I wish somebody was like, "Oh, I want that." Yeah, like like, I need that. I need that money. Everybody, like, come on, man. Not one person. (laughs) I think DC has a charisma problem. Like their villains, with aside from Heath Ledger as the Joker, their villains are not very interesting and they're not very charismatic. Um, somebody I I was I thought he was good. That said, somebody was like, I think it might have been Ryan who was like, uh, "My wife likes horrible movies." Oh yeah, I saw that. <laughs> and she named and he, he named Aquaman as one. And I watched Aquaman for the first time this year. Um, I never did seen it in the theaters, and so I watched it. And I, as much as I love Yaya Abdul Mateen, like I, I am this man's number one fan. Him as Doctor Manhattan is amazing. He's great in all his other movies. Aquaman is so hard to watch. <laughs> Because he, as a villain, is not charismatic, and I do not have any sympathy for him. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's is they Wonder Woman fell into the same thing where it's like it's so overacted. The villains are so over the top that they're hard to ground in reality. Like I do not like I could root for the Joker. Like I could, even though like you're not supposed to root for the villain. Heath Ledger was so charismatic that I was like, no, I like this nigga. Thanos. I'm like, nah. I mean, he a little off. But like, also, could we get rid of half the universe, though? But, like, but you, you understand where he's coming from, right? Like, and from I where he came from. If I, if I understood where Max Lord in 2020, and again, this may be me looking at it through a, a newer, a fresher, um, or more like futuristic, quote unquote, eye, where I just cannot sympathize with this white man who wants more. I just can't. And I couldn't do that. In I got, maybe, maybe I got to watch it again. But I, I guess the reason why I understand what he's doing, he's a TV guy. He's going to sell you stuff. For him to be able to, he's got to be able, for him to sell you stuff, he's got to have that or at least have the appearance of it. Before, he just had the appearance of these things. Now he's able to get it. Now he can sell you on it a little bit more. And, and I think they took it too, spoiler alert, obviously. I think they took it too far at the end with the whole like, the particles touching everybody mm-hmm. through the tea. Like, I felt like if they had just took like a couple steps back, like made it to where, all right, you just go to a certain select few people and you get them to ask for something like people that are actually, you know, looking to do harm, but you don't know that. And they, you know, take it to the next level. But I, I mean, I guess you can't do that because you need the whole world to essentially fight itself and blow each other up. But I just thought they took it a little too far with the the whole like oh well everybody that can hear my voice will be granted a wish like I I thought they took it too far the only my I guess another issue I have with the movie and I and I it it's weird saying it because I like I liked it when I watched it but there was not one action sequence that was as good as any of the action sequences in the first one 
like when she was uh, back in time during the war time, they didn't have any action sequences like that. When she was at no. the final fight, they didn't have anything as good as that. And obviously, it's hard to uh, to, to be better than the original when it comes to sequels. But I mean, I look at uh, Captain America. I, I look at the Elite um, sequels, like Captain America, Empire Strikes Back. Like it is possible to top the original, and Wonder Woman eighty four just didn't live up to the original. And I, if you want to say that the character took a step back, I can't really disagree with you. But if you want to say that the movie is trash, I, I will push back on that. Yeah, it's been, it's been 24, 24 hours. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not as bad as they say it was, but it's the same thing. The first you one. can't listen to music in a day and be like, oh, this album's the greatest album of all time. Like, well, maybe like listen to it in the car or yeah. like see what there. happens next week. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's a pretty good synopsis on the movie. Definitely don't be one of these people on Twitter that take people's Twitter commentary and, and don't form your own opinion. Like it's not bad to the point where you shouldn't even watch it. It's a it's a good movie. Everything can't be great. Everything can't be civil war. Like it's it just is what it is. It's a, it's a good movie. It's fairly entertaining. It has its flaws, but that's life. Don't just a lot like, of movies have flaws in them. Like Endgame is like the most popular movie ever, the most successful movie. It has not. its flaws. Time travel logic in that movie is awful. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm talking more so like I guess on a financial standpoint, like it's made the most money out of like yeah, any movie and, ever. Infinity War is way better. So Infinity War is t- ten times better than Endgame. Like I go back and watch Infinity War, I'm just like, this movie's amazing. It's a great movie. Yeah. So. Infinity War was the first Marvel movie with stakes. And not to like go on a tangent, but like it's the first time I thought that like, or at least for a split second, I felt like, oh no, these guys gotta actually go through something. Because any other Marvel well, or MCU timeline movie. I'm just like, eh, they'll, they'll fix it, whatever. But the Infinity War was the first yeah. time I think people were like, oh, niggas is dead. Yeah, they're getting their <laughs> cheeks clitted yeah. out. You, you got to watch it as if Thanos is the, like, he's the, that's his movie. He's the main character. Mm-hmm. Like, everything revolves around what he does. And when you see things from his perspective, is he a villain? Like, yes. honestly, is he? Because he's not. Of them. He's, yeah, it's like, yeah, when you look at it from like our standpoint, because we've, you know, been through the story with these heroes. But if you look at it from where he came from, his idea and his thinking, it's not bad. It's not he doesn't have anything. He doesn't have any evil intention behind it. He's not saying like, hey, I'm going to collect all these infinity stones. And when I snap my fingers, all the black people are gone. I snap my fingers. All the women are gone. He's not doing that. He's just like, hey, half the people are gone. I don't care who it is. It's just going to be half, even, and we're going to do this thing the right way because where I came from, we had an opportunity to do that, and we didn't do it, and now my planet is fucked up. So I'm not going to let that happen again. Even with throwing uh, Gamora down that that mountain, he didn't want to do it, but he had to do it for the greater for the greater good. That was for his greater good from his perspective. So at the end of the day what makes villains what makes villains like elite is do you understand what he's talking about do you understand his perspective do you understand why he's doing what he's doing does it make sense and it did everything he did made sense it just sucks that like you know 
from our perspective, we take an L, but that's what that's how you take a movie to the next level. Shout to uh, Chan in the chat. Hopefully, your uh, relationship uh, situation is improved. I've seen some tweets. I'm, I'm, I'm out here rallying for you. I hope everything's good at, at the house. <laughs> um, I feel like I feel like Thanos should have went to like maybe we, we could have had him go to like an NAACP meeting. We could have maybe discussed maybe how we use the snap to improve things i feel like there's a particular an ally he's like a section of the population we could have snapped away and things could have gotten better real quick i'm not gonna say black from the browns you know turned it around hey man (laughs) separated the whites from the colors (laughs) hey man i'm just saying like hey yo thanos check out these history books bro like let me know what you think like what, 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 what do we need to do? What do, you, what do we really need to do? Like, let's 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 look at some history. You know what I'm saying, get about some YouTube rabbit holes. I think and, things could have been different. Oh yeah, introducing the Doctor Umar. Hey, yeah, exactly. like, hey, man, exactly. Captain America, you lit. But I mean, you gotta you go. Gotta, you gotta go. You had your chance, bro. You had a chance. You gotta go, man. Iron Man, I'm out. sorry, bro. Spider Man, you lit too. But bro, you gotta go too, dog. Like, I'm sorry, bro. It's like it is what it is. But at least you hesitated. Mm-hmm. I thought about it. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! But anywho, yeah, man. Uh, I think that's all we got. There wasn't really anything super crazy. Uh, there was a video of Steph Curry shooting three pointers for five straight minutes. Was that probably... don't mean nothing when your team about to lose. Look, I, yes, it does. That's, okay. what, that's probably like one of the most incredible things I've ever I, seen. About no, I saw, not... I, saw, I saw a video of Jason Terry do that with like mid range jumpers. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. This man was shooting threes for five and didn't miss a single one that is out of control i mean that's super cool but unfortunately steph curry is about to see 55 losses this season (laughs) i'm just saying like people thought like lebron james is illuminati wizard like this would be more cause to believe he was in the illuminati for doing something like that so i think that was pretty this this nba twitter is so stupid like teams lose two they lose two out of 75 games, the people are like, oh, their season's over. Like, <laughs> this is a it's a long season. Oh, like, no, no, no. Shout out to the Hawks fans. They are lit now. Oh the They're going all the way. Yo. They really don't understand how long of a season it is. It's, it's, a, it's a marathon. <laughs> yeah, the Cleveland Cavaliers are 2-0. They're putting, like, like, pictures of, like, well, if the season ended today, the Cleveland Cavaliers <laughs> and the Phoenix Suns will be in the playoffs. Like, it is game two. There's 73 more of these to go. It's a long season. Teams yeah, don't have the their rotations set. Man. Let them have Fuck hope. all that. Yeah, this ain't man. the NFL. There's have. 75 games. 75. This is not the NCAA. This isn't college football where if you lose two games, your season is essentially over. In the NBA, you don't really got to turn it on until the All-Star break. Like Look, some of us, all Lakers... we have is these two games. Okay, just let us let us live. Like, there are a few fr- franchises that shouldn't get excited. Um, Cleveland get excited. I mean, you take what you get as you get it, but I wouldn't recommend you get super excited. I don't recommend that Knicks fans get very excited. Um, and I mean, as a Falcon fan, I recommend that you you kind of curb your expectations for next season as well. Be excited. Yeah, love y'all are, right now. I, 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 I would love to see Jacksonville not mess this mess this up because like pre-pandemic, downtown Jacksonville was a ghost town. 
So hopefully he can bring something to the city to actually make it be a vibrant city where it's not like, oh, downtown Jacksonville, why am I here? There's nothing going on here. There's nothing to do. So hopefully uh, Trevor Lawrence can turn that around. Uh, Falcons fans are as delusional as ever. I've been boycotting the last, I believe, four weeks. I've not watched a single second of Falcons football. Um, It is what it is. I don't understand how you get optimistic. Like, I... Today I made the decision. I literally said, I'm going to take a break from my nap to watch this disappointment of a football team play football. And even if, even when it looked like it was almost over, the, the, the kicker who don't miss, miss. And I said, of course. And I went back to sleep. because. Well, <laughs> but that would only tied the game. So there's, there's nothing saying the Falcons would have won it. But even a tie seemed so far-fetched that I didn't even put my emotions into it. I turned the TV off and I went back to sleep like nothing ever happened. Because I am tired of – they're treating me like a terrible boyfriend. They give you hope. They say that they're coming to meet your parents and they never show up. They say they're going to change and stop cheating. It's a lie. I mean – I mean, <laughs> Offset seems to be working well off that, but anywho, but uh, yeah, speaking of Falcons, I'm actually jump off here and end this so I can jump on the Dirty Bird Nation report real quick and slam to the Falcons who I haven't watched in weeks. So, go ahead and uh, send that invite. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna send the invite. invite. Uh, <laughs> shout out, shout out my obligatory shout outs. Dot, uh, dot my name on you, Chanley. Uh, of course, that boy GA self control podcast. I got a Grammy living a sin. Uh, just sees a drunken seven darkest night 42 who was having some horrible takes and arguing with check Anfro. uh yes another podcast ratio though i sold run king's ram ltl rise up 0802 and the homie j free and uh fuck everybody who has xbox series x and playstation 5 this is a uh, ktsef <laughs> we out peace hey point me in the direction of a shame oh, who's that kind of is that is it chapel bozeman yeah, that's well, my shout with- out. It's my friend Alyssa got me this for Christmas. And so I got to find a place for him on my gallery roll. I wish I knew the artist. As soon as I find out, I guess I'll tag it on Twitter or whatever. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, they can come on the podcast. So, but yep, we out. Peace. Let me go slander the team that I support in Atlanta. Holla. Happy New Year. <laughs> Incredible. Oh, he's not even in the live. It's still recording. He <laughs> <laughs> didn't mean it. No, he left. He left so quick.